guys, welcome to another episode of Consider This. Today we are going to continue from what launched in a previous podcast um, that we actually, I believe, released two, um, a couple weeks ago, two podcasts ago specifically, and it was on this idea of can women teach or preach. And there's a lot of talking and, and discussing and then not tons and tons of clarity and conclusion, and that's that's because this is a very debated topic. Wait, more there's, there's, there's. A, I think there's some clarity. I think, I, but I do like what you're saying. We're, we seem to be taking a long time to get to a conclusion. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm with you. So we got a lot of feedback from specifically people here at Sunnybrook, and that's kind of a big reason why we produce this podcast is to let our congregation um, here in Stillwater hear our thoughts and how we're processing through things, and to help them process through them as well. And so one of the things they that they would like to hear is us to kind of walk actually through the First Timothy text specifically, which is First Timothy 2. We're going to go through 11 through 15, and then break it down and kind of do more of a study together on what what we believe these things are, are saying, and, and talking about contextual um, context is king, that's what we like to say. Well, that's what Ozark likes to say and taught us to like to say. So um, kind of getting some different points of view with that. We have Jim um, here, Diane, myself, Morgan, and Drew, um, all people who who teach regularly here at Sunnybrook. So. And our ministers. Like th- yeah. this is where it gets kind of interesting. As yeah. we begin to move forward, you know, even with a lot of the debate recently with John Piper, um, it has to do with like titles. You made a comment earlier about Alistair Roberts and what he might or might not be comfortable with. It is Drew, who is our college pastor, Morgan, who is our junior high high school pastor, Diane, who is, Women you know, our, pastor. well, I mean, I would I and always refer to her. She, actually. You do more of the women's pastor. Right. I actually just call you an adult discipleship pastor. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. I, I think we follow the admonition of Paul that women teach women and men teach men mm-hmm. predominantly. I don't think our right. guardrails are all the way up to the ceiling. No. So it's, it does spill over. But I don't. I, I refer to it. When I explain that we have Diane, I don't say she is our women's pastor. I actually say she's one of our adult discipleship pastors. Yeah, right. And I, yeah. so I would not for trying to be fair to Diane. I just, I, I see what what she does and what Ryan does and what Paul does as the same thing mm-hmm. in different contexts. Mm-hmm. So that, that actually matters. That's a theological conclusion that Jim has come up to that I think right now the elders are all on the same page with. As staff, I think we're all on the same page. We ordain women. These are all needs to kind of, are needed to be thought through right. as we think about the, the context, mm-hmm. so. And it's why, it's, it's also why particularly we, like Diane and I, will like want to wrestle with this text, you know, because exactly. I feel like, I'm man, if there's anything, if this is saying that there's a specific boundary to not cross, it's going to apply specifically to me right. and specifically to you yes. um, because of our job. Sure. And so this is yeah. a, that, that weighs heavy on me, yeah. you know? Yeah, it so, does for me as well. Yeah. yeah. So I'll start, I'll start, just jump into verse 11. We're going to read it through and then I'll go back and read 11 one more time and we'll kind of start there. So First Timothy 2, 11 says this, let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. So Paul's writing here, and I'm going to go back and read verse 11 one more time, and we'll kind of start um, taking, taking this apart there. 
let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. So what what does that mean? Why why do we understand it to mean that? If anybody who wants to start, or you can start with contextual, um, like yeah. cultural kind I'll of things. S- I'll start with just a a note that actually, if we go into twelve, that that same word for quietly comes up twice. It seems like kind of an emphasis mm-hmm. in this that there ought to be, uh, like yeah quietness in it and and actually if you do go further back into the context Mm -hmm. in verse 8 it talks about men um, he wants when the church comes together I want men to come together raising holy hands in prayer not in quarrel or in or in anger not in quarreling or in anger and it seems like Paul is there's there's a few different themes that that we see in this text where we're going to be reading that get highlighted um, highlighted here but I think are at the root of first Timothy in a lot of ways one is false teaching Mm-hmm. That there are certain elders who have gone away and, and they have kind of, um, they have led people away. Okay. Um, and that seems to be causing a number of quarreling in the church. And it seems to be in, in several places in 1 Timothy 5 and in 2 Timothy 3, I think talks about how one of the main targets of these false teaching elders have been women in the church. Mm-hmm. That they have led towards these mm-hmm. Um, towards role, these women trying to kind of maybe usurp some authority and trying to take some place in teaching. And so he, he stresses this quietly in there, but it's not a word for silence. It's Mm-mm. the same word he uses in 2-2 to say that we ought to pray for kings and those in authority so that mm-hmm. we can live quiet lives. Mm-hmm. So it's not a, obviously he doesn't want the church to be silent. The emphasis is on a humility, It's a right? demeanor. It's yeah. a, yeah. And so he's talking about this demeanor that he wants women to carry into the service or into the gathering of God's people when he says those things. And again, that gets stressed in 11 and then in 12. Um, but submissiveness is also in there as well, and all submissiveness um, fully submitted, as some I think some translations say in those things, which which Jim, I remember talking in the last thing, believes this is, this is in a church context um, having to do with authorities, uh, authority of elders and wives to husbands, not all women submitting to all men. Sure. In, in the- right. and, and here's another piece that I think is critical as we begin to um, look at these verses piece by piece. Uh, there is already agreed upon within the Christian community, they may be struggling with this, but Paul has already been preaching mutual submission one to another, mm-hmm. the Ephesian church. Mm-hmm. So submit one to another doesn't say men to women doesn't mm-hmm. say even husbands to wives before it the submit one to another out of reverence for Christ is a universal command mm-hmm. that we are to submit ourselves ultimately to Jesus and to his teachings that we are to see ourselves as servants to one another that we are to see ourselves as people who are putting I, I put Diane's interest above my own because that's what Jesus would do yeah like Jesus sometimes we, as our Jesus as our model as our model yeah. and I think I, I honestly think that we can sometimes do a disservice to understanding mm-hmm. the nuances of 11 through 15 and first Timothy 2 because we don't we take it out of that we put it into a liberation mentality culture we put it into a bit of a me first mentality when you're saying, well, no, 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 Paul's writing to Timothy, who's writing to the people at Ephesus. Now, they may have struggled with this, mm-hmm. but Paul has been clear. We submit one to another. We put people's other, uh, we put people's interests above our own. Mm-hmm. Um, we care about God more than anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, now let us continue the conversation. So would you say that, that this, is that fair? Yeah, would you say then, though, that this um, should learn with all submissiveness, um, learn, learn quietly with all submissiveness, would you say that that is a universal command to anybody in the church as they gather, that they come in in a quiet demeanor and submissiveness towards 
the, text? the leaders and the, towards the elders in the text? I would or is say, that a specific in this context, specifically towards women in light of verse 12 coming kind of after it? Or Yeah, no, I would say this. I would say going back to the what we will talk about, right text or sorry, right, right doctrine, wrong text, mm-hmm. right teaching, wrong text. I would say that there is nobody that should ever walk into a church service or into a teaching context arrogantly mm-hmm. with a mm-hmm. nobody can teach me anything, not even God himself. That would not be true. Yeah, I think this text takes this general principle that in many different ways applies to all people yeah. in the church and then says, and let me tell you what I believe specifically needs to happen right here with women. Okay. Yeah. And I and, and particularly I with fair, women yeah. and then even in terms of their wives. So it's a little bit of a both end. I, I think it's probably wrong to remove it from the context. Mm-hmm. See, this is where I think we get into trouble is that we talk about wives going back to the Ephesians 5 material, which let's remember First Timothy is written to Ephesus. So they've they've already got the book of Ephesians, mm-hmm. submit they've one already, to another. And they have already received that letter before yes. this one. Oh, yes, okay. they've already received it. So this is near the end of Paul's writing. So he's already given the Ephesian church these, these instructions. Submit one to another. Wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church, gave himself up for. So all of this context comes here. And then he says, hey, let me give you some additional instruction on what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And he's giving Timothy, this is how I want you to order these things in light of other material that I've given you in the biblical material, we have to hold that together. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't, then the, 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 ad, ad, the admonition of submission looks in a patriarchal, and I mean that negatively, in a patriarchal male-dominating society, okay? Which, which, by the way, those in and of themselves are not a biblical response, okay? That's not, male domination is not a biblical response perspective. It's a sinful perspective. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so when you do that, male dominating, not, not distinctive Mm -hmm. roles, different roles, but male domination, Paul's already addressed that husbands love your wives. Paul's already addressed like this is not, and it's in this context of, Hey, we submit one to another and we submit to God and this is what we do. And now let's continue the conversation. I think it's sometimes when we read this, we forget the context of what else has already been said. Mm-hmm. So it really doesn't come as a surprise. So it's kind of like listening to your mom and dad, Morgan, give you some instruction on how you're going to act as weeses. Mm-hmm. And a kid who comes from a completely different family background would go, man, your dad is mean. Mm-hmm. And But for you, it doesn't sound mean at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is how we live actually. Like this is, we got a whole ethic that's going on. And so when my dad says, you know, be home at nine, some of your friends would have went, that was crazy. Your dad must not trust you. Your dad must hate you. You don't hear it that way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and I think we need to hold the whole thing together, especially on these words of quietness and these words of submission, these words of peaceable. Which also, not only does Paul talk about those ideas, Jesus talks about those ideas. Oh, yeah. You know, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And in Philippians 2, let your mind be the same as Christ Jesus, who humbled himself and um, came to this world and became obedient unto death, took upon Mm -hmm. flesh, you know, so that he can be, he he will be exalted. I mean, there's all these other examples of the idea of service and humility that are at the heart of what we are called to do and be um, in our, in our mindset in order to have it be like Jesus. Yes. So you're a human and you're a follower of Jesus. So submission's already natural to you. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about, and this is where I think, cause you, yeah, you had a great question, Drew. Now let's talk about how this idea, which is already true about all of us. Let's talk about a way in which it may also be in another nuanced way, true for Morgan and Diane. Mm. Yeah. Right. 
So I think as we go further into the text, we're going to see that this kind of also reflects um, the wife's, you know, role to her husband. So yeah. that submissiveness goes into that a little bit. But I was going to mention one thing I love that, you know, it says, let a woman learn quietly. So he's encouraging women to learn, you know, let they, they should be learning and studying also. So I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which, which was not, which, which is something that is, is kind of relatively new, right? right. To the church. Wasn't it? Women uh-huh. weren't. Not so much. I don't know if new to the church, but relatively new in that culture. There sure. wouldn't have been Jewish rabbis with women students. That would have been right. pretty much unheard of and stuff. But f- ever since Jesus was teaching women from kind of the beginning of the church, as you look through Acts, it mm-hmm. seems like there are women there as disciples, women there as learners, women, always yeah. just alongside the men. So, yeah. 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 So there, yeah, there is a difference. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Okay. So the next verse goes into, I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. You already touched a little bit, Drew, on the, the word quiet mm-hmm. and, and referring it to quietly. And then also again in verse 2, actually, that we didn't read mm-hmm. um, about all of us living in a quiet manner. Mm-hmm. What about the first part of 12? Is that like a, a greater speci- uh, specificity Yeah. or what? This is so the 12 is like the crux of this whole matter, because you can have, as, as I've been kind of looking at various views, you can have people who agree on every aspect of this text <laughs> except for that little phrase yep. teach what yep. does paul mean by teach in that spot and mm-hmm. you can agree on everything else about um rooting these truths in creation and about being mm-hmm. quiet and all these things but but differ on your interpretation based on what you mean by teach there and and i would say and exercise authority yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you think? Um, right. Yes, and, and the question of, is Paul, there's, this is a big question, when Paul says, I don't permit a woman to teach or exercise authority, mm-hmm. is he u- using two descriptions of the same thing? Right. Mm-hmm. Or is he talking about two specifically different things? Yeah. Um, or is that, I, I think that they are actually two distinct but related things. So kind of, ki- that, that he is talking about two things, but that they're kind of connected to one another. And so what do you what do you mean by that? Like, what do you think those things are? I think, yeah. And how are they? This is where I'm landing as as I've been studying right now. This is where I'm landing (laughs) is that Paul here is talking specifically. We all agree that, by the way, we all agree. (laughs) He's he's already going to back out. No, 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 not not back out. But you're already. No, I'm actually about I'm setting up. We all agree women teach. Right. There's no one in here who says Morgan has never in her life said anything (laughs) about the Bible to me. Yeah. Right, yeah. like yeah. I, I, Morgan right. says stuff about the Bible, to sure, me, sure, and which yeah. is what a person is doing when they're preaching from stage, and so we all agree women teach, and mm-hmm. so I can't think that Paul is saying a, a woman can never say anything about the Bible. <laughs> I think that Paul is is talking about because the context here, as you get into chapter three, is that's eldership. big for me. Yeah, is eldership. I think he is talking about the kind of teaching um, that is declaring and determining the doctrine for the church and says this is who we are Mm. and if you don't follow this and fit under this then you're not a member of this church and so i think that it is it is some people call it big t or capital t teaching right i think that's what paul is talking especially in light of the fact that this is what he's dealing with is elders who have gone off the rails and so he keeps telling timothy you need to put elders in place who are going to give good big T teaching about the doctrine. He's not saying the word big T, but um, like you need to be doing like big doctrine teaching that is clarifying what the church actually believes about Jesus. And I think that's the kind of teaching he's talking about here. So you had, I I, I like how you made this distinction, Drew, and I'm going to ask you, so which one do you think it is more, declare or determine? Yeah. 
Um, well, when it comes to the things of uh, that's, a, that's a great question, actually. You said it. You yeah. kind of, and I yes. thought that was kind of a neat way to describe yes. it. Yeah, because um, I I don't think that we can declare something, or I don't think we can determine something new about, say, Jesus and sure. the core things. Sure. But we can, as a church, declare around lesser things this is our position on alcohol this is our position okay. on women teaching in the okay. church church okay. we can okay. but the the core issues of doctrine um jesus as the son of god the triune god those things we don't uh we don't determine them we actually declare those things we say this is what the bible has already said is true does that does that distinction make mm-hmm. sense to you is that sure sure so and that's the part i think i would even say yes I, I like your connection into chapter three that's a big deal for me paul seems to be ready to clarify what he is describing and he's about to talk about elders mm-hmm. um and then the imperfect tense that is used on these on these verbs um seem to have more of a an ongoing mm. not a guaranteed ongoing but an ongoing position of teaching and having authority over Mm-hmm. I think those verb tenses matter, and according to my Greek professor, he said they mattered. So Kenny's smarter than me. Um, so I, I think I think the verb tense matters. Um, I like how you said it. It doesn't seem to be that Paul is saying, "Man, a woman can never share this." I think if mm-hmm. I think if we were to say to Paul, so after Diane has heard this message and she's on the way home, and um, she sh- can she tell her kids that Paul would go, "Sure, yeah." When Priscilla's talking to Apollos, is right. he trying to shut that down? But he, no, no, he doesn't no, no, no. seem to be. Yeah. Um, and so, it, yeah, there's see, he, he clearly, I think, believes that women can share truths about the scriptures with people. Mm-hmm. But what context is, is he talking about specifically here? And, and is, there a, is there a distinction between sharing truths of God's word and declaring as an authority for a local church, this is what we believe. Is there right. a distinction? And I think that there is. Mm-hmm, right. I, I believe there is too. Is that where you, so, so in understanding what you're saying, so do you think then, is that what you mean by connecting it to exercise authority? Yes. I when think you say that teaching they, with this yes. authority of, I'm, I, we're declaring what our position is on yes. this. And like I'm, I'm determining that. Yes. Kind of. So when he says exercise authority, I think he is starting to lean into his eldership conversation that's coming okay. up. So he's talking about being a leader, an elder in the church, and so that's why I think they're two different things: teaching and exercise authority. But related in that, I think he has in mind the kind of teaching that is authoritative that comes from the elders mm-hmm. primarily when he says mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, because a lot of the conversation will become, uh, is it. Is, is that preaching on stage on a Sunday yes, morning? Yes, and is yes. that teaching and exercising authority over men? And that's why I'm trying to distinguish yes. between you you saying what you're saying. Does that yes. make sense? I think, yeah. yeah. I think that's where I get really hung up, you know, is that there's so many examples, like you said, in the Bible that where women um, are supposed to be, uh, you know, speaking and uh, sharing the gospel mm-hmm. uh, one-on-one and all of that. But when it comes to that authoritative, you know, that second part of 12, when it comes to the authoritative speaking, um, it seems like if a woman is preaching on Sunday and she is, um, you know, authoritatively representing the church uh, and uh, there's so much more that goes into that teaching than just giving instructions. So if she is up there um, as a representative of the church, mm-hmm. she would also be the one to hold those uh, members accountable. Mm. And um, it might even call for some 
uh, follow-up to see that they're um, obeying the instruction. Mm -hmm. And so I think the the term teaching goes so much further than just Mm -hmm. giving instruction, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, There's some accountability with that. There's even maybe some rebuke with that. There's uh, so that's where I get, well, and I have you, a difficulty. Yes, and that and it's hard for me, too, because that, to me, is also a difference between, like, um, us having women go up. We call it narrators. Right. Go up and, like, welcome everybody there. Sure. Or, or even give the big idea of what the lesson's going to be that day. Or right. someone that goes up and, like, here's a big one, um, does this communion meditation and yeah. talks about yeah. Jesus dying on the cross mm-hmm. and what we're about to partake in together and leading mm-hmm. our congregation in that is a big deal. But it's even then, it's not, it doesn't feel as much on, um, on like in, instruction. Like, I don't know how yeah. to explain so here's, it. So this is, this is the big question then. So we say, okay, we think Paul is talking about big T teaching that belongs right. in the category of kind of authority of eldership and those things. Mm-hmm. So the next question is, what constitutes that big T teaching is it and for a lot of people it is right. Sunday morning the gat the corporate gathering yeah, of the time church. and location that is and yes. so when the body has all gathered together mm-hmm. in one place when a person stands up on stage they are mm-hmm. speaking in the authority the authority of kind of eldership mm-hmm. and and the rebuke and the holding to right. people so but does that the next question so does that mean Doing the communion meditation is the same thing mm-hmm. as the preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, the truths are certainly no less um, important. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean when we're talking yeah. about doing yeah. the communion meditation. Yeah, you're not declaring meditation. a lesser thing, yes. or yeah. even in a lesser way. Yes, no. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, this body was was given to us, was broken for us, taken. Let's eat this together. That's a doctrinal statement. Yes. Yeah. So can a woman say that? Yeah. Right. We allow it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people would say, yeah, no, 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 there's nothing wrong with that per se. Others would say there were and then don't even know exactly why. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much they have wrestled with that. Say those, mm-hmm. I just don't think a woman should be doing that. No, but why? Is it because well, you, they don't believe they can say that doctrine? So there's, uh, you know, this is the part. Yeah. It's to be consistent a lot of the time. Sure. That's why that tra- that translates over, I think, you yes. know. But I you know, so I'm, I really am struggling with this. Yeah. <laughs> and we talked about this, you know, uh-huh. because it makes me feel kind of sick because honestly, I don't want to cry on a podcast, but I might, <laughs> but I on it, honestly, like I've, I've preached the word and I'm passionate about doing that. And I love doing that, but I want to, I want to submit my life to this thing because mm-hmm. I want to submit my life to the Lord. And I don't want to do this wrong, but, and it, it's so, and I, and, and in the same way, I don't want to do other things wrong too. I mean, I don't want to, yep. I don't want to, you know, be sexually immoral. I don't want to, I don't want to do, I want to submit to everything it's saying. It, it's, I think what makes me feel heavy about it or, or kind of um, why I'm wrestling with it so much is because I feel like a little bit because of the movement that's going on in our culture right now mm-hmm. is I feel like people almost like more people are watching us or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just feel a heavier responsibility for sure. specifically our church here at Sunnybrook, you know? And so um, that's what I think I'm nervous, makes me feel nervous, mm-hmm. you know, and why right. I want to do the right thing. So right. it's just, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, here's the problem. The problem is, is that trying to understand what's wrong, we can look at this exegetically. So we're unpacking verses and this word means this. Then there's another piece. Um, I, you know, Morgan, I'm sure you've heard this, Diane. You probably heard it as well. Like, Morgan, look at you. You're tearing up. Like, there's no way God would give you this gift and not let you do whatever you no, want with it. I think that's so dumb. And exactly. So, which, you know? but hold on a second. You just said that's dumb. But I mean, the majority of the people yeah. that are listening to this podcast, okay, that may or may not agree with us, 
that throws them into a quandary. Mm-hmm. Right. Why would God give Morgan and Diane the gifts that they so clearly have and then not let them use them? Well, I think we are using them. No, 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 know? I know, but that, yeah. but that's what they would think, though. In I, this I, way, in any right. particular in any, way, yeah. just like, like Jim. Why can't, yeah, like why would mm-hmm. God put a restriction on you Right. and give you all these gifts sure. and abilities? And so you do have an answer, Diane. So answer right. it, first of all. So well, I mean, why he, would God give you these gifts and then put restrictions on you? Well, he's given us very different roles, and, um, you know, and I think there are there are restrictions to our roles, even as a wife. There are restrictions. Sure. Um, I don't know that we would call them restrictions. Um, it's an honor to serve in the role that the Lord has given me as a wife, as um, a minister at this church. So, and I do think it is a little gray where these uh, lines are, but um, really the question that we're asking instead of, you know, how far can I go? How, you know, when can I teach? When can I not teach? I think we're really asking, how can I serve um, most effectively for the Lord in this body? Yeah. You know, and I have to do and it according to his instructions, yes. not Morgan's emotional, yes. no, no, no. legitimate, right. and genuine, and yours yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's important that we are honest with some of those things yeah. because I guarantee you right now, Morgan, is people can hear you get emotional or they would just go, oh, I feel so sorry for her. I wish she could just be liberated. And you're going, I don't want to be liberated. No, I feel like honestly, <laughs> I want to be faithful. What makes me, yeah, what makes me feel, what makes me feel nervous is... <laughs> Is in in studying this, I feel like, um, I, my if I was to go off what I'm feeling right now, I would never preach again, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm feeling nervous about about that, you know, and so. Um, you mean I would never preach on a Sunday yeah, morning at nine thirty at eleven yes. again? We do need. So just, if, if I'm going off my feelings. Then my feelings are directing me there. Yeah, That's yeah, why I'm trying yeah. to make sure I want I want to understand what this is saying. Sure, sure. You know, because I, I think it is worth clarifying if it is true that you know based on what we've just said about First Timothy two, if it's true that a woman shouldn't get up and teach or preach on Sunday morning on the platform, then truthfully, like that also precludes me from doing that, um, because what we're saying is the reason you shouldn't is because that is a a teaching authority that is reserved for the role of elder. And, and that someone who is not in that place shouldn't do that. We're not saying it's because she's a woman, but it, according to our interpretation right now, we're saying it's because it is a, a big T teaching, a capital T teaching that is reserved for the office of eldership, which means that myself and Ryan Vincent and Justin Ebert should also not stand up there and do communion meditations or preaching and teaching. So, yeah, I guess I'm confused. Which so is where what, do you get that from the text? Well, again, I know he follows with elders. but Yes, yes. Um, because again, I don't believe he's saying women can never say anything about Jesus. Right. Right. And so I think that he is, he's not talking about whether or not you can say anything about the Bible. He's talking about in the assembly, he's talking about, um, when the church is gathered together, I think he's saying here, when the church is gathered together, that a woman cannot teach with the, um, overarching authority of like the eldership that in the same that the, the kind of teaching that he's been talking about throughout first and second timothy is the teaching that is um de- is declaring and or determining yes. the doctrinal truths of the church that false teachers should not be leading people away from someone who's going to stand firm and say this is what we believe and if you don't believe it you are not a member of this church you are not allowed to be a part of this fellowship mm-hmm. and so i think that's the kind of teaching he has in mind not the kind of can you tell your kid about Jesus dying on a cross or can you tell your 
husband about the way Jesus is if, been if, like you know, going back to, to the Corinthian material in First Corinthians seven. If there's an unbelieving spouse, like let's you know Ta- Diane is married to a godly man, mm-hmm. but let's say she wasn't. Do you believe that the scriptures teach that you should never tell your unbelieving husband about the about Jesus? Mm-hmm. No, Jesus actually tells women who've seen his resurrection go and proclaim the good news another way you could translate that would be preach the good news about my resurrection yeah so going back to what drew has been saying and i would i would say this too i'm grateful for dr lowry um in seminary who said so what makes us think that this whole section here in chapter two is about a church context the gathering of the big c church in the big t teaching time Mm -hmm. like where did you get that idea from Mm Is that in the text? I get it. I get it from. Uh, I get it from in the beginning. Uh, the ideas that I urge that, and he never says explicitly, but in verse one, I urge that supplications, prayers, and intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people, and then into verse eight, um, I desire them that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. I, I assume when he talks about without anger or quarreling, that he has to be meaning. A coming together of people because there can't be any quarreling if he just means I want everyone individually to pray in their own house. Mm-hmm. And he said, I think I assume when he, he he says without anger or quarreling, he means when you come together, I want you to pray. And so that's where I'm getting that somewhat implicitly. He's not sure. saying in the gathering of the church. And again, I don't know if it's, I, I I'm genuinely I'm not trying to paint you into a corner. Yeah. But then when you go look, so then is verse nine about women adorning themselves, is it, I do not think women should come to church with these fancy things on, or I do not women to dress like this anywhere? Yeah. Paul go, hey, listen, um, I get it. And maybe I kind of ultimately would rather you not have these things. Um, But the, and by the way, the idea of like modesty and self-control is most likely in like a materialistic context Mm -hmm. instead of a sexually provocative Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. Um, Adorn themselves respectfully, not with braided hair or goals or pearls. Uh Is it don't come to our church service like that? Or is this, I don't think you as a woman should be like this or the, or the men. I mean, I literally asked that question, whether he might be referring more to like, I don't want you to dress in this way in the gathering of people mm-hmm. rather than you can never have a braid in your hair. Yeah. See, I, I'm more of and the, I don't know. I'm not saying no, that. For sure, I think but, I'm yeah. more of the op. I, I think I'm more of a going back to what we talked about. It's kind of a great way to set up the conversation. Yeah. It's a both and it's these ideas of submission that Paul is now specifically mm-hmm. applying, which is, which is like you said, that's modesty and self-control is referring more to that idea. Yes. Not coming mm-hmm. in this extravagant way. Well, but no, what I'm talking about, like there is a, there is a general submission to all. And then a specific in this text, let's talk about women. Mm-hmm. And I think this, I think I read, I read chapter two as a, these are truths of the church wherever they are which then would also apply specifically when you show up together to do these things. Mm-hmm. Like in a small group. Wherever. Right. Like even Diane working at the IHOP. <laughs> I think it's. I think mm-hmm. these instructions are a bit of a both and. I think when he's talking about that men should raise holy hands, I don't think he's saying in the worship service they should do this. Right. I think he's saying in life you should do this. I think women should in life dress this way. I think the that the, so these you're things. saying in life a woman should learn with all submissiveness and not teach. Yes. So then, when she in life teaches me something, is that okay or not okay? I think it is okay. 
Okay, because but that's why I'm going to go back to the elder piece and say I think that there's a connection here that Paul is giving, where he is where where these lies sometimes get get blurred. And and this is what I want to say. You know, Morgan and her um, and Diane, you texted us before and said, "Hey, my my position is getting Changed. complicated, and <laughs> right. it's, I'm becoming more restrictive on some things. Do you yes. still want me on the podcast?" And Drew and I went, "Yeah, this will be sweet. I mean, I I don't want you to just agree with me." So let's let's say we just decide to flip. And so now we're going to believe Morgan and Diane and women shouldn't do it. If that was what we agreed with, I think I would sit here and read this text and go, now I'm uncomfortable. Like, I don't know if I can say that you can't. Like, I don't feel comfortable with that. I mean, I could almost get teary-eyed, Morgan. Mm -hmm. Not for your sake or because I just want Morgan to feel, like, fulfilled and, you know, God mm -hmm. gave her the – not that, but I'm going, I think I'm overstating what you can – I think I'm overstating what you can't do. Like that's, I've been a part of the of a, of a church movement and a college that I was a part of where I taught, where we were very restrictive on women's roles and we're lessening them, okay, mm -hmm. and we're lessening them because before this podcast, say twenty years ago, we were very restrictive and I couldn't do it with the text. Mm -hmm. I kept reading it, going, I don't know if that's what the text is saying. Mm. I don't know if I can hold this hard line on these things anymore. Mm. I'm not John Piper. Mm. I appreciate what my brother's saying, and I don't think he needs to be vilified for his convictions about sure. whether or not. So I, that really bothers me. But, Morgan, I'm going to cry on the other side and go, sure, maybe it's not about Morgan's fulfillment, but what if God did give her these gifts, and what if God does want us to? I don't think Paul is very—I think he could have been more clear, i.e., God could be more clear, if women should never teach. I just—man, I, I don't yeah. see that. yeah. That is a that is a failure you're on saying, the part of the Bible. You're saying th throughout the the totality of scriptures sure. we're talking about. Yeah, it, it, why, why would it not have been brought up in all these other? Yes, yeah. like I just I really think. And, and by the way, so therefore I'm I'm going to be not happy either way. Either Morgan's going to cry or Jim's going to cry by the time we're done here. Like, either Jim's going to cry because, and I'm and here's here's why I'm crying. I don't feel bad about oppressing Diane and Morgan yeah. in a worldly way. Mm -hmm. No, I'm I. I, I'm going to cry because I don't think I'm being faithful to the scriptures yes. by not letting you teach. But the seems, by not letting you. It seems like if Paul had <laughs> meant for it to be elders, he would have mentioned elders. You he know does. What I'm saying? Chapter 3. Which, by the way, you put no, the chapter No, I'm talking verse. about in chapter. No, but no, no, no. Oh, okay. But there's no chapters. Oh, well. Paul's okay, just writing yeah, a letter. Yeah. Okay, that's true. Right? So we go, so, well, then he should have put it right there. I'm going, but how do you know? What if, what if, what if chapter 2, or what if chapter 3 starts in verse 8? Mm-hmm. Of, of, You'd two, read it of our chapter two. Yes. Yeah. Look at two eight. What if you put a three there? What if two eight is three one? <laughs> now all of a sudden it's all in the context of elders. Mm -hmm. So let's be honest. We all know that these verses and chapter divisions were added after hundreds of years later. They're helpful to find places. They can be really um disruptive. In, in the mode of interpretation. And so again, so, at, at best, I don't know the answer, Diane. At best, I'm going to be confused on a more restrictive model and I'm crying because I think my restrictions might be overstated and culturally biased because of my upbringing. And, and now it's all switching and Morgan is the one that's nervous about going to the other side. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, okay. I, I don't know if the text is going to answer this. So someone's going to cry. Who wants to cry, Morgan or Jim? 
Truly. I'm, I'm just trying to understand what Drew is talking about with the elders. So basically, <laughs> Drew, what you're saying here Still have is three that... verses out of the five. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's all I right. Know. It's exactly. I know. And we have to get to verse 13. But um, so what you're saying is he, is that he's saying that um, you don't permit a woman to teach or to basically teach, meaning that they cannot be hold the elder position. That's what I believe. Yeah. So, okay, because he follows it with the responsibilities of deacons and elders. Mm-hmm. That's where you're getting that. And he, the words exercise authority. And and the idea that throughout this, throughout the pastoral epistles in First and Second Timothy right. specifically, when he's talking about teaching, it mm-hmm. seems to be um, largely, at least, I can't say there is like Titus 3, but when First and Second Timothy, his teaching seems to be kind of this big idea of we are defending the doctrine of the church against right. outsiders. It does seem Timothy, to be in... you and your elders better defend mm-hmm. the church. Because there right. are elders that are deceiving people to believe other things. Yes, yes. False teachers. Yeah. And he gives that responsibility to the elders. He doesn't give it to the deacons, um, you know, exactly. as far as yes. teaching. Yes. So, but we got to go on to 13 because <laughs> yeah. I think 13 is, yes. you cannot separate the two, right? No, and because we... that's his... We have just a few more minutes, but I do want to talk about that because that's kind of where you switch. That's where you're like, this is where I feel the most convicted. So why, Diane? Explain explain your thinking behind 13. Because, you know, 13 starting out with four, it's like he's giving his reason for why women are not permitted to teach or exercise authority. He says, for Adam was formed first and then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. So he takes it back to that creation order, um, you know, back in Genesis as these, this is the role that the woman plays, um, you know, not only, well, in creation, and then we see that also in the marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. So because of that, it seems like, okay, men and women, we, we have different roles. And this extends, uh, like I said, in marriage, but it also extends to the church, it's seeming like yeah. he's saying here. Uh, so therefore, it seems like this would be uh, a reason why women are not to exercise authority over a man, because this is your role. You have, you know, we have distinct roles. Yeah. And, and, and I said that, and that's whenever he freaked me out by saying, no, you're not called to be submissive to men. It's you're supposed to be submissive to your, to husband. your husband and to the and to the authorities, the authorities in the church. This is where Diane, going back to what you were describing earlier, um, I, I thought about this. Like, there has to be an appropriateness of authority. Um, when we talk about, we have this triangle that we go to about God the King and the uh, the, the 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 authority that He gives us, and then the power we exert. And when you exert power without authority, it's exploitive. Mm-hmm. So when Jim steps into Diane's life and begins to act like a husband, mm-hmm. okay, authoritatively, I'm overstepping something because mm-hmm. you have one. Mm-hmm. See, and I think it's important that we realize that. That's mm-hmm. why, by the way, biblically speaking, that's why I think God even created the marriage dynamic is to protect Diane, and not because she's incapable. She's a very capable person, but because of culture and because of da 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 da. So, so God gave Tom a Diane and Diane a Tom. And so Jim can't step in and be husband to Diane. Mm-hmm. And God does not say to Diane, you need to submit to Drew and to Jim and to Steve and to Tom. They're, they're all men, and you're behind all of them. No, the Bible actually teaches that Diane is to submit to Tom. And we can't, we can't escape that. 
Now, Tom and Diane are to submit to the elders of the church. Mm-hmm. It gets interesting because Tom is actually an elder, so Diane has to <laughs> double submit. <laughs> um, and so you've it also got, teaches that we submit to one another. And it teaches that we submit Christ. to one another. So sure. you've got all of these. Think about just trying right. to draw like what the, di- the Venn diagram in terms of what it looks like. You've got all these overlapping things. But God has never told me to act authoritatively as Diane's husband. No, I am her elder. And so I've got some responsibilities there. And it's beginning to try to, not, not necessarily to pull apart, but to recognize that these ideas then are going to be held in tension. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that, and this is where it's gotten complicated, in Paul's day, that tension wasn't as complicated. Mm-hmm. In Paul's day, Diane was far more willing to look at her role as woman and as wife and to not really wrestle with a lot of these things. What we are doing in our cultures, we're really straining these relationships. Mm-hmm. We're really pulling, well, what about the liberation? I know so many people that are wanting the liberation, the voice of Diane to freely speak. And so, and I'm sure Diane even feels that pressure and then kind of recognizes her giftedness. Morgan, that's why you're upset. And you're dealing with this tension. Mm-hmm. I think it, 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 is, is, it is more natural in Paul's day to fit through this. I think we've added some dilemmas and I wonder sometimes, if Paul wouldn't say, yeah, there's some things I can't change, because Diane's idea of 13 is this. Paul goes back to the creation order. Mm-hmm. He doesn't go back to culture. He goes right. back to the creation order. Mm-hmm. And I would say Paul would always do that. I think Paul would always say because of the creation order, okay, not that Eve was incompetent. It's the creation order. It's not even that Eve sinned, although he does describe that, but it's the created order, 13. Mm-hmm. Um, as that continues on, I do believe that Paul then has like cultural ways in which this needs to be understood and directed. So it is both the universal created order as well as cultural things that I think answer this for the apostle Paul. Mm-hmm. And then we've got to be able we have we have to be able to try to sort through them and go what part of this is universal which means everybody's got to deal with it in all time and in all places. And then what part of this is cultural? Drew, you keep going back to the specific issues that they're dealing with false teachers with Timothy. Mm-hmm. And and how can we not separate them but go maybe we can be loose on these three things mm-hmm. and then these things have to stay the same. Mm-hmm. And that is where I genuinely feel most comfortable saying I'm okay with the two of you teaching and not being elders. And I don't know if I really care. I think we have created the Sunday morning worship experience, and we are now asking what to do with it. We have created church boards, not elderships, but church boards, and asking, can women do this? We have created seminaries and now ask, can women teach? And I'm saying, man, I'll tell you, Piper's got some stuff we at least need to think through. Right. And I still don't think he can fully answer the question because we've somehow complicated some things. Mm-hmm. And we have to not just throw Paul out, and we also have to admit it may be more complicated to try to apply him than apply him in our context. Mm-hmm. We can we can continue talking more and more about this. Um, if you want us to do that, let us know that, and we will we will do this again, but we don't want to take too much of your time, so I'm going to wrap it up for us. We're going to pray, and then we will be finished. Lord, um, thank you so much for Diane and for Jim and for Drew uh, and for John Piper and for Andrew Wilson and for Brent Prentice and for all of all these people that um, we, we worship in different mm-hmm. places, but we worship the same God, and um, Lord... Help us to be more concerned with the cause of Christ than um, whether a woman can preach or not. And let our desire continue to be um, a desire to submit to the word and to change our thinking when the word um, shows us that we should.
and teaches us that we should. Um, Lord, let us struggle through this uh, um, with with a desire to um, submit to you. Mm -hmm. We love you so much. Amen.